Welcome to Simplifying Life Through Technology. Joining me in the podcast room today, we have our CEO, Mark DiPietro, and Martin Conway from HomeWatch Caregivers. Very quick fade out there, Andrew. You have something special going on today? Life. Life. Okay. Today. All I woke right. up on the right side of the bed. Very good. We have an awesome guest today. I mean, just an awesome guest. Martin is a excellent soccer coach. I'm fortunate to call him a friend, but more importantly, he has got a tremendous business that serves a community and he has just expanded on that business. Martin, welcome. Thank you, Mark. Thank oh. you, Andrew. Absolutely. And what a voice. Holy crap. I hear an accent, I think. Yeah, it's the one I was given. I work with it. Living in Mooresville now, originally from Scotland. Was born there, grew up in west of London, in England. And I've been over here since 1998, and Mooresville is home. My wife and four kids and I are very happy to be here. Very nice. So, Martin, why don't you tell us a little bit about your business and a little bit about your expansion that you're going through? Thanks, Andrew. So the business I operate in Mooresville is Homewatch Caregivers of Mooresville. Mm -hmm. So fundamentally what we do is we put certified caregivers in the home to help take care of those who are disabled and seniors, maybe some folks post-surgery, you know, they broke a hip, they broke an ankle. So we take care of people in the comfort of their own home. The reason that I got into this is in 2015, my younger brother passed away with ALS. Oh, I'm so sorry. And he was my four o'clock phone call every day. I would tell this story. Every day we'd call four o'clock and I would say, you would not believe what I did today. And he would tell me his stories and we would commiserate on the phone and joke and laugh and do that. He got a like, twinge in his arm, you know, like many of us do mm-hmm. in 2012. And, and then two and a half years, yeah, about just under three years later, Tony passed away, took his last breath. It took me mm. a long time to process that right once i did one of the beautiful things was the care that he got at the end of his life for the mm-hmm. caregivers who saw tony the human being and being able to be with him as he's taken his last breath is one of the most amazing things in the world on all levels so after i processed a lot of that i said that's what i need to be doing is right. giving love and kindness to people towards their life so i like to think i'm trying to honor my brother on a daily basis i believe he's on my shoulder i can't bring him back unfortunately <laughs> i don't have that skill set or that ability but i want to honor him and just bring more love and joy into the world especially in that community where people just need love there's so much isolation out there so much loneliness definitely and so just trying to do good and give people that companionship and that fundamentally that safety so that's the role that we provide and we've been doing it for two years in mooresville we're happy literally your wife changed and your wife's going to change clearly because of the event, mm-hmm. which is awful, but it changed the course of your life. What were you going to do before this change happened and you started with the care of elder folks and stay-at-home folks? Thanks for the question. At that point in time, when Tony was diagnosed, I worked for a big corporation in the healthcare pharmaceutical industry. Mm. I was on that track, you know, managing bigger teams, taking care of bigger geographies. Oh, okay. So I was in that corporate yeah. world and I learned so much in that world and there's lots and lots of good when Tony's diagnosis happened, I would sit in meetings in the corporate meetings and it was numbers and it was projections mm-hmm. and it was, it wasn't people. There was people behind the numbers, but it sure. wasn't people. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to reconcile, you know, listening to someone say, well, we need to grow by X percent each month. And my brother's over here and he's having a caregiver get the saliva out of his mouth. Cause he can't do that. Wow. There's a caregiver feeding him his soft food 
or feeding him a drink because he doesn't have the ability to grab it because his hands no longer work. Oh, and this gosh. is someone who was six two athlete. So just I really, really struggled with reconciling that. So that was the track on the path yeah. I was on. I was honestly unable to reconcile the two worlds. So I had to good conscience. I can't do this corporate stuff anymore. It's just not working for me anymore. So that was what I was doing. And yeah. that was the change. And that was why. And I would guess that COVID was very changing for the business. It would feel like that because of what COVID was and people not being able to get out, that made your business even more important. And what you had to do from a safety issues and that sort of thing, is that kind of what happened? Absolutely. That's what happened. Yeah. I came in, I opened the office in Mooresville in September of 2021. So oh, we, were, wow. we were about <laughs> 16, 18 months into the COVID time, if you like, wow. if I'm using February or March of 2020 as the origin. So we came in at that point and yeah, there was lots of anxiety around caregivers and lots of people saying, you know, I need this sort of caregiver or that sort of caregiver. So I kind of came in on the back end, but fundamentally people want to be cared for in their own home. People want to remain independent. Mm. So our job going in is to see, okay, what are you patient? What do we need to do to help keep you safe and engaged in your own home? And I love that it's customized. It's based on this individual, you know? So yeah, we had to make some changes with COVID and allowances and we honor the individual. It's their home, it's their rules, sure. but they want to sit and watch Gunsmoke and, you know, have macaroni and cheese. You were saying that the other day. <laughs> you know, that's great. We got caregivers to go in, they make them breakfast, they clean up, they run to the store, they may change mm -hmm. them, help brush their teeth, the personal care side of things. And we got three or four who just want to sit and watch Gunsmoke and that's their home, it's their life. It <laughs> takes them back. It's beautiful. You're just connecting with an individual. Sure, right. And that's a huge part of what we do is just individual in their own home. So COVID changed a few things for us. We continue to work through it, but ultimately honor the individual. It's their home. What kind of care plan do we create for you? And then we execute on that. You know, I guess some of our listeners might say, well, why are we having Martin in here? I mean, what does this have to do with Sound Vision or with us? And one of the things, again, Martin and I have gotten to be really good friends here over the last couple of years, and we'll talk about how that came to be in a little bit. But on a much, much less important level, we do a similar thing. You know, we're going in, we're improving customers' lives. In fact, our tagline is simplifying life through technology. Mm -hmm. And so we're improving customers' lives and making them more comfortable in their own home or place of business. So in that sense, we're similar. I'm in no way comparing what we do to what you do. It's so much less important than what you do, but we are similar. And so I thought that our customers, some of which are a little older, a lot of which have older family members would like to know that these kind of services exist right here. I think everyone would probably guess that Charlotte would have it, but not necessarily right here in Mooresville. Mm -hmm. So that was the catalyst for my thought of having you in today. However, you have expanded as Andrew said a little bit ago, and mm -hmm. you want to talk about that? love to mention it. We've been open in Mooresville since September of 2021, and we will always have a home in Mooresville. Mooresville is home. We're not going anywhere. About six months ago, because of the trends that we were seeing and the progress we were making and the reputation we were trying to build, I was approached about expanding into Mecklenburg County and taking over the Charlotte office. So we recently expanded down to Charlotte. So we now have an office down there in the university area. And the last two or three weeks been transitioning down there and trying to run both shops. But uh, nice and new. It's very new. It's kind of overwhelming, honestly, at times, because again, I go back to my brother. I'm trying to honor my brother. That's right. this. And part of me, I spoke to Mark a few months ago, part of me was really nervous about this. And then part of me is like, you know, this is what's meant to be. This is a gift that's been handed in front of you. Do I think I can do it? Absolutely. We've got a great team down there. 
And as a wise man told me, if the facts line up, it's not a leap of faith, it's a leap of facts. So I'm going to run with that. Well, I think the expansion is great because like you guys said, this is such a personal and helpful resource. And so I feel like the more places you can give this to people, I think that's only a positive thing for the community. Yeah, thanks. I believe so too. There's some challenges, obviously, when of you course. deal with humans. Uh-huh. You know? But at the same time, I think it's about trust. And I want to know that the person that we're putting in a home can be trusted to do the right thing for mm-hmm. that individual and represent me and the organization. And the organization is about just bringing kindness and safety to people and keeping folks engaged. Because honestly, Andrew, the, the amount of folks I've seen just isolated in their homes mm-hmm. in the last two years is is overwhelming. There's people who just, family are no longer around or there's some family issue. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you call her Miss Charlene at two o'clock on a Wednesday. That's her phone call for the week. That's her phone call for the week. That's outside of medical appointments. That's the one interaction that she has with somebody. So we sit and we chat and we've got a team who call up and we talk about our kids and the weather and whatever they want to talk Mm -hmm. about. Just see the person, acknowledge the human, acknowledge their existence. So often I think that we just look past people I don't think there's ill intent. I think we're just, we're busy. We're in our own world yeah. and I, I need to go do it this. Happens. Same time, there's people out there who don't get the eye contact. They don't get the interpersonal communication right. or that touch point each week. So I'm delighted at the expansion. It's overwhelming right now with all the different systems. But again, it's a leap of fact, as my friend over here told me. It's not a leap of faith. So one day at a time, there we go. I want to ask about the sort of audio visual automation part of the business, which we talked about kind of pre coming on air. But before I do that, Give us kind of an idea of your scale. Like how many people do you care for currently? What kind of capacity do you think you have? That kind of thing. Okay, I can break them down. So in Morsa, we have about 30 to 35 active caregivers currently out working today, caring for somewhere between 50 and 60 people. You know, we'll see somebody in the morning from 7 to 10, then someone 10.30 to 2. So that's the scale right now in Mooresville. I like to grow, but again, every single person who comes in, I'm conscious of the why we're doing this. And this is about trust. So if we don't just hire someone off the street and throw them out there because we need to have the eyeball conversation, see the heart, and we go through a big verification process. So that's us in Mooresville. In Charlotte, we have about 120 patients that we actively care for. We have about between 90 and 95 active caregivers at this point in time. Wow. So that's where we are now. So it sounds like you could have more people that you could care for with your current staff. Oh, 100%. And I'm just getting my hands around the Charlotte office, but absolutely we have capacity to care for folks. Again, you need quality caregivers in there. Sure. So we have a great relationship with Mitchell Community College. Oh, I'm over we do there. too. Uh, I'm, I'm over there. <laughs> yes, I, we do. I, I work with the team over there in the classes of teaching the CNAs. I'm in there often because I believe in local and I want to help those nurses aides awesome. with that program. Yeah, so we try and work with Mitchell. We've had lots of folks come through that Mitchell program who then come work with us and then we help them on into nursing school. So we want to be a, a good community partner. So very close to Mitchell and grateful to their team. So we have capacity, but at the same time, if we don't have capacity, I'm not slow to say, listen, right now we can't serve that because I'm not going to put someone in who I wouldn't want taking care of my parents. Sure. Right. Let's talk about the audio video portion of it. What technology, I shouldn't use audio video. I should yeah, say technology. technology. Thank you, Andrew. Keep me in check. Kind of. How does technology play into your world currently? It plays into it a fair amount currently, but I think the future is exceptionally bright and exciting and a little bit overwhelming for me. Currently, we have lots of families that we care for where the son or the daughter lives in Tennessee or California, and they want to make sure that mom and dad is being taken care of. So we Mm -hmm. video conference them in. We obviously have the life alert buttons and stuff like that. But I think what I'm seeing and hearing more recently is the heat sensor. So if mom falls down or is still for too long, there's technology that captures that and can send a notification to the emergency services or the designated point of contact. That stuff is monumental because, again, the, the amount of isolation that's out there the overall cost to the human, to the economics, the medical cost, the emotional, you know, that 
that to me is just a wide open world right now because again, the number of people who are living alone, who are isolated, and they can only get a certain amount of care each week, they're in that home for 160 hours a week、mm. by themselves. We may go in there for six or eight. They're by themselves. So the technology that's out there to try and capture the falls, they're still for too long. The audio reminders that, hey, it's medication time, you have to take X, Y, and Z,、right. or the video check in so we can just sense the individual is healthy, is alert, and is okay. That to me is a wide open world. And I see it fundamentally changing part of what we do over the next 10 or 15 years.、So、that's exciting. I would think that that would be a nice offering. Clearly, not everybody needs it. Some people, there may be a cost factor to it as well. But as a supplemental offering, it sounds like it would certainly provide value for the customer and, in some cases, safety and security, like you were talking about. So it definitely seems like that could be something to add to your services. 100%. And I don't actually see that as being a cost prohibitive issue, to be honest、oh. with you. I don't. Oh, that's even better. I don't. Amazing, because、yeah. you can go into someone and say, listen, we have a caregiver in here, X number of hours a day, and we'll also provide this technology pending their approval. It will make sure that we can capture anything. Basically, we can be alerted and you can be alerted if something happens to mom, dad, aunt, yeah. uncle. So I think that's if we're trying to truly care for the individual, you know, with some of the challenges that are out there, I think that's how I see kind of the audio visual technology world impacting the caregiving world. Upgrade your home with Sound Vision, your one stop destination for cutting edge home automation. From lighting design, indoor and outdoor audio video systems, security systems, network optimization, and shading solutions, our experienced team ensures seamless installations and top tier service. We're dedicated to enhancing your lifestyle through technology. One of the reasons I know that Martin, as a business person, is going to be successful. Is he's very compassionate, and I think you can tell that from our discussion. What you probably can't tell from our discussion so far is he is incredibly competitive. He's very, very competitive. I have seen the competitiveness. Martin and I met on a soccer pitch or a soccer field. It was how many years ago now? Two and a half. Two and a half. Okay.、So. Yep. And I was actually introduced to Martin by another. Soccer coach in the area who I think we were going to your place at the time. And and he said, Oh, yeah, they got a new guy and he's a beep, beep. And <laughs> I, but like he's going to be really good. He seems like a good guy. And I think he's really going to uplift the program. So Martin is actually, should we talk about your other role? Is it official role? Is it director of the board? I sit on the board of directors for four local schools that. We have two schools in Cabarrus County and two in Iredale County. So, oh, I thought it was just Langtree. Is it? No, it's four. It's school up in Troutman and then two over in Cabarrus County. Oh, my、so. God.、Wow. See, I didn't even know that. So, you were on the board of directors of four schools. Yes, sir. Four schools, in addition to two companies. And for the last two and a half years, was also the soccer coach over at Langtree, the high school、mm-hmm. team. So, we met on the soccer pitch. And normally, up until two and a half years ago, When you would go to play Langtree, it was kind of like the day off.、Mm-hmm. And so I was unprepared for what I was going to see two and a half years ago. I was not unprepared after that. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about your soccer background, too, because that's really cool. You didn't just walk out on the pitch at Langtree. Yeah, how'd you get into coaching? Thanks a lot. Mark is very kind. I grew up in England, as I said, and I grew up in a soccer family. We can chat more about that some other time, maybe. but... Soccer was all I wanted to do from the age of four until about, what am I now? 40, about 47. <laughs> so that's all I wanted to do. 
I left high school early. I was fortunate to play professional soccer for two years in England oh, for, wow. a, for a team called Red. And yeah. yeah, I spent some time at Crystal Palace, some time at Brighton, who are more famous now. I never made it close to the first team. So let's make that sure that's clear. But I spent some time at those clubs and then I signed an apprentice professional contract at Reading in England. So that's my background. It's amazing. Long story short, injuries. I was a teenager, so I knew mm. everything, you know. Yeah, the, yeah. The hard work and the effort that gets you there, that kind of has to continue. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So that was, a, if I could go back and tell myself that, I would do that. So I ended up having to go back to junior college in the UK. You know, I left high school early, as I said, because right. I knew everything. Set of finish. Uh, exactly. And then I had a chance to come over to the US and attend college. So that's my soccer background. I love watching the games on the weekend. I got three daughters and a son. One of my daughters loves soccer. My son loves it. The other three ladies in the house want nothing to do with it. So <laughs> nothing to do with it. I don't it. understand I, that at all. No, I, don't, I don't have yeah. that in my house at all. You, know, you, you don't want to watch 22 <laughs> men run around on a field 3,000 miles away. What is wrong with you? It's the red team. So, oh anyway, so that's my background. I just love it. Right. I love the game. If I could choose to mm-hmm. spend a couple of hours, I would go watch a game. I mean, Mark and I drove up to a couple of hours north of here a year ago to watch a game. We did. You know, and it was kind of a scouting mission, but I love that stuff. The intricacies, the working together, yeah. you try and hide your weaknesses and where mm-hmm. can we expose the other team? I love the the chess game that's going on and then trying to get the most out of the young men or young women on the team. It's a huge challenge and something that just energizes me. So that's the background. And you can see the passion just in how he lit up right there just oh, talking yeah. about that. I don't want to go on too long about it, but I will say that the soccer community in the Lake Norman area, it's a big deal here if you're not involved. And to find quality coaches and more importantly, people that really give into the younger person that care about that person, it really goes back to home watch caregivers. I mean, it's the same thing. In that case, you're caring about an elderly person, but I mean, how much loneliness and challenges do young men and women, mm-hmm. obviously, but we're coaching young men. So that's why I bring that up. The young men need at that age and direction. And while there's a lot of good soccer coaches, there's not a ton of guys that do that part of it. Mm-hmm. And Martin does that part of it. And you could see that when we would compete against you guys, it wasn't Yes, you were prepared. Yes, the kids knew where to be like tactically, which was a whole nother level, but they cared. He knows that one of their young men and I happened to have a little interaction in one game. Actually, he had more oh, interaction yes. with me, but <laughs> and, Do and, tell. Martin, and, and Martin was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, no. Like he was so passionate. Like, you know, his delivery maybe could have been better, but I don't care. Passion talking. And, uh, yes. He wanted to win so bad. And the kids were just really, really complimentary of you. They all loved you. Really giving back is so important. And that's just shown throughout my interaction with you over the last two and a half years, your company now, and it's just another little part where you were very successful in something and you're giving that back. That's just really special. So another reason I want to have you in here. Yeah. So let's go to the fun stuff. Absolutely. Can you tell me about a cherished memory in your caregiving industry? We cared for a man about uh, six months ago. Mm -hmm. His family reached out and said he was in hospice. Mm -hmm. He needed some care. Mm -hmm. He was refusing caps to go into a home, even though that's where they felt that he he should should probably be. He was adamant. I was 91, 92. Hospice was involved, as I said. So we went in and struck up a relationship. We cared for him. He actually graduated from hospice. They kicked him out because he was doing so well. Oh, fantastic. That's good news. Uh, Yeah, yeah. That's one of my favorite memories. And then we worked with him for about six months, cared for him. 
and again, it's all just a personality match. So on that particular occasion, we got the match of the caregivers. Mm-hmm. Really, we got that match perfect. And this man passed away, I think, about six or eight weeks ago. Oh, I got a note yeah. from the family just saying, we just want to thank you and your team because oh, you made wow. the you made the last six or seven months of his life before mm-hmm. he graduated. You made that special, allowed him to stay home. His great memories about you know watching this show. The lasagna that Vera made, you know, <laughs> oh yeah, the, 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 the little r- run into the store to get some dum dums or whatever it was that he shouldn't have been having, you know, like his little yeah. treat, those sort of things, those notes where you just know that you've touched another human being and helped because we came from the same place. I believe we're going to the same place, but right. our journey in between, and we saw and respected that man and his family, and that trust that they put in us, we delivered on the trust, and for that note. That just meant an awful lot because yeah, yeah we want to run a business, but knowing that you're putting good energy and love out into the world and people are out there who are proud mm-hmm. and thankful for what you do, that's energizing to me. Yeah, so that is my amazing. far and away my, my most favorite memory. Well, I just love what you said earlier. Something that's so important in this world is acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so special alone just to do that for people who are in a very vulnerable state. Absolutely. So. Yeah, absolutely. It goes across the spectrum, right? We're all mm-hmm. humans. Yep, so just exactly. see them, acknowledge, be respectful. Yeah. Move along. So what's your favorite soccer memory over the last two and a half years? Not your extensive experience, just your recent experience. You spoke earlier about trying to be a good person for these young men. We had a game last year. It was a playoff game and we won the game handily. It was almost like every single time we shot at the goal, <laughs> it went in. And every other time the opposition team tried to do something, nothing worked. It was almost two extremes. We could do nothing wrong on that day. Like the soccer gods were on our side. This other team could do nothing right. Whatever happened, it it was one of those. It was one of those. Sorry about that, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) So my favorite memory is actually after that game. The game was called five minutes into the second half because we had scored eighth or ninth, whatever it was. So the game was mercied. My team didn't even cheer after the game. We didn't cheer. We didn't jump up and down. We weren't high-fiving. We weren't doing handstands. You know what we did? They went down and they shook their hands and they hugged the members on the other team who were so devastated. Mm. It wasn't one of those where you're dancing in the end zone. And to me, the wins and the losses, like just see the person again. So do I want to win? Absolutely, I do. But at the end of the day, I want these young men and young women on the team to be good with who they see in the mirror. And I want to look back at the end of their days and say, I'm glad we did that. So my favorite memory is the response to that win Mm -hmm. where – we were respectful and we saw the individuals and there was no big jumping up and down. No, woo, woo, none of that nonsense. It was, let's just be good humans. So that is my final way, my favorite memory. And I'm so grateful to the young men on the team for actually doing the right thing. Cause those young men had a heart and they follow through. So that's my favorite memory. That is very cool. So great. Last but not least, what about music? Who is your favorite band, artist, concert, event, something like that? I grew up in West London in the mid nineties. So Oasis were the thing at that time. Mm. So I was <laughs> Look at Andrew. I was a big I like Oasis fan. Big Oasis fan, okay. Yeah, I'm a big Oasis fan. And whenever I hear it on the radio, which you don't often hear it these days, but whenever I do, it just takes me back to again that seventeen, eighteen year old version of me that knew everything, <laughs> got the long brown hair, you know, the pale skin, you know, you've seen the British look, <laughs> yeah, right? You've seen uh-huh. it. That was I was kind of the stereotypical guy there. So I like the who. Oh, yeah, I love sure. those guys, the Eminence Front, yeah. one of my favorite songs. I can love jam, Eminence Front. jam to that song. I'm rocking in the dad wagon out there in the Honda Odyssey <laughs> with the who. So those are my two right now. And then my wife and I have four young kids. So I usually take the twins to school in the morning. So they are listening to whoever these new people are. I don't know. I'm kind Harry of Styles. Taylor Swift. Yeah. Taylor oh yeah. Swift. T-Swift. They're into Swift and Demi Lovato to a point, although the mm-hmm. videos can get a bit sketchy. I'm mm-hmm. not a fan of that. But um, A bit? Yeah, no. <laughs> Man. 
Yeah, right. So that's me. Oasis, The Who. I like Bob Dylan. But now with the kids getting exposed to all this other music. You love Taylor Swift. (laughs) I'm actually, I'm a fan of Taylor Swift. My wife and daughter went to one of the concerts in Nashville, had a great time. Oh, that's awesome. And now Taylor thinks she's doing the movie where she's getting more people to come and watch the movie concert. Like she's a genius. So kudos to Taylor. I have an anxious cousin waiting, (laughs) waiting every day for that movie. Yes. We just want to know if the whole thing with Travis Kelsey is social media driven, Mm -hmm. legit. Like, yeah. I smell a stunt. (laughs) (laughs) well this has been fantastic martin thank you for sharing some time with us thank you for enlightening our audience to some of the services that you guys offer and i guess before we go definitely want to make sure if someone wants to get in touch with you what's the best way to do that online homewatchcaregivers.com slash mooresville they can call us and i will chat with them and listen and help out in any way we can so thank you both for the opportunity to come in this has been wonderful and really appreciate the chance to chat thank you Thank you for joining us. You can learn more about SoundVision at soundvisionlakenorman.com. You can follow us on Twitter at SoundVisionLKN. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at SoundVisionLLC. LLC.